and welcome to another edition of the Talbot Sports Podcast with me, Ford Cooksley, and Josh Tobin. How are you, Josh? I'm alright, Ford, mate. How's, uh, how's life up in Millfield? Yeah, 100 miles per hour. Uh, pretty busy three weeks uh, just gone, but nice to celebrate half term now and have two weeks off. And I'm feeling a bit ropey actually because we had a few beers to wind down last night. So I thought I was 18 again. Went for an haircut, as the kids call it, a skin fade. Uh, and thought I could party like it was 1999, but yeah, I'm a bit rough today. You are looking a bit rough, fella, but I tell you what, that haircut has taken at least two stone off it. Oh, yeah, and it's going along with my health kick a little bit there, trying to lose a bit of weight, so I'm happy that it's taken a bit of weight off my uh, my head. Um, my drum's looking a bit smaller as well, if you haven't noticed. I've got to be honest, before we take it from me now, you know, bloke who got rid of the whole lid, not just a skin fade, it took about four stone off me. <laughs> The amount of people have gone, oh, I lost a bit of timber, so was you. Not really. No. <laughs> I've just had a shave and haircut, to be honest. Um, actually, for you, so you've been in the gym. I've actually got back into it last two weeks. Yeah. But, um, you know, all this doom and gloom with um, with lockdown coming. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to think this week as well. I, I do think I know what will, you know, make this nation happy and give everyone the lift they deserve. What's this, Josh? Uh, you've got to picture this. I've been back in the gym, but, and I'm not going in to get a six-pack forward. It's not, it's not attainable for me. Mm. I'm more of a maintaining man, you know, like a beer, like a burger. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just picture the scene for it. You know, a lot of people love Love Island, right? And you can see where I'm going with it. Chuck the big man in. Yeah, I, I'm very keen for that. I want I want a Love Island where the big fella's going now. Well, the theory is, don't put me in the start, because that, that's just shit, isn't it? So yeah. like, I imagine me stood there next to four donators. I'm pale, drums <laughs> out, skinhead. I've got, like, the farmer's tan from cricket. Put me in, but two weeks in. When it's all levelled out, just, and then... Just, just, yeah. Spice it up a little bit. I spice it up, everyone's coupled up, and then all of a sudden, tomorrow night on Love Island, camera zooms in on a on a drum. A drum, <laughs> a drum, a drum through the bushes. <laughs> and I come striding around the corner in a pair of Atalba Town Cricket Club shorts <laughs> and my tour hat. Is it a bit like that photo from Benadon, is it, with your shirt open? We'll share the photo from Benadon, but just put it into context, that is how I would enter the Love Island Villa. Um, and obviously, just just play the waiting game, eh? Yeah, in more ways than one, the waiting game, so, you know. But I think that's what the nation needs, Ford. The nation yeah. does need. If we if we could have some suggestions on our Twitter uh, account, what would you be your big man's Love Island from Batalbot Sports? That would be a good one, I would. Actually, I'd go one better. Can you send in your Love Island lineup from yeah. Patalbot Sports? Yeah, that's it. Send in Love oh, Island lineup. lineup. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Lovely. So, uh, we're currently watching Celtic and Rangers here, and Rangers winning 1-0, which is not great. It never is great. But, um, what's your beer of the week, Josh? Ah, uh, well, since it's a review of the first three, I just thought we'd go back to the start and, and me messed up again. Um no, yeah, I was in Morrison's on Thursday, thought I'd pick up a nice beer for us, Ford. Yeah. You know me, I like my Brewdog beers, so picked up a pack of Hazy Jane. Ooh. So that, she's very hazy. Mm. Um, oh, Jane baby. It's, it's a lovely beer, it's in Morrison's, currently £5 for four, so they're steep, or you can have uh, two boxes for £10. Mm. Um, the brewery, I believe, originated in America, that might be complete bullshit, but I'm, I'm making some top of my head now. They've got a number of chain restaurants and bars around, and the nearest one to us is Swansea, uh, there's one in Cardiff as well. It's a lovely beer, I believe it's in the 5 to 6% range. Ooh. So again, it's, it's not one to take lightly, but um, they, were, they were in my fridge, and last night, uh, you know, just feeding lovely mouse of my own, so I drunk awful. 
Um, mm. and, and I enjoyed them. So in a big panic buy, I went for a good old faithful of ours, Ford. Mm. Um, the Dutch Destroyer. <laughs> it is a bit of a Dutch Destroyer, especially down the club. Uh, the Heineken. Oh. So obviously from uh, from Amsterdam, five percent. Although I I think it's carrying a bit more a bit more weight than five percent. It do, deserves a lot of respect. Do've... I think Heineken is probably in the top tier of respect for beers out there. Personally. Yeah, it's, it's caused some states on a cricket club. I don't think I'll be drinking Heineken all day today, but... No, I think these are the only Heinekens of the day, and then uh, we what, move on to something what, a bit smoother. But what a way to start. What a way to start the day. Uh, we may as well crack it open Yeah, let's crack Lovely. it open. Oh, no, it's 2-0. Uh, Rangers for second, oh, it's 2-0. Jesus. Up the R's. After this, Neil Lennon will have a bit of time to come on the pod anyway. So, Neil... If you're listening after after you're on your driveway home from uh, this game, uh, give us a shout and we'll get him on the pod. So, also, Steve, if you want to have, have an interview of, are, are you going to stop number ten? That, that would also be rich. Cheers. Anyway, Ford. Yeah. Cheers. All the best, bud. All the best. Oh. Oh. That's all right, actually. Oh, that's oh that no. Oh no. That's a horrendous goal. That is that. That is absolutely superb. Oh, mm, that's nice, nice, good start. Anyway, before we start waffling on about loads of shit, um, today we're going to have a look at a review uh, the first three and how they've gone, the feedback, and then start to have a look at what's coming up. And we'll also uh, tackle some issues that are very uh, important at the minute in wider world and sport. But um, before we go any further... Just want to pay uh, respects to two patrol, but uh, sporting people who've passed away over the last two weeks. So Tony Bush is one, a world, uh, wide-renowned guy um, in patrol, but a uh, real top bloke. Uh, my thoughts are with all his family. And Glyn Corrug, RFC uh, player, Gareth Kingmoun, who tragically passed away at 37. So uh, I think we should have another toast to the boys. Yeah. Boys. Thoughts are with both your families and... Uh, we hope uh, you, you're getting through it. So, Josh, how was the first three gone? How do you feel? It was successful. First three weeks, I just you know started from a, an idea, drunk and another critic. Absolutely hammered. Yeah. Um, I think we've done all right. We've, we've got microphones now. Yeah, we've got these new trendy microphones. New trendy you'll, microphones. You'll see your new pictures later. Um, we've got a Spotify account. Mm. And, you know, our two mugs are, have been made into cartoons, so... <laughs> To be honest, I, no, I, think, no, I think it's going pretty well. I think the first three was a bit of a... We sort of give it a go in it. Yeah. You know, were, I think the major idea behind it was to just talk about a bit of talk of sport. You know, people leave us, I think, even in post don't cover as much as they do anymore. As yeah. They used to. Um, and with everyone being on sort of social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, just thought it made sense to just, uh, you know, just do have a bit of fun. You know, get some names out there, get, you know, give people more of a platform and, uh, and, and celebrate the achievements in the town. I think, uh, especially, it's solidified the point that um, there's sport in all, but there's a massive thing. I think everyone gets connected to sport, even if you don't play, you don't go and watch every week, you've got someone you know is connected to sport, and I think um, it's been uh, outstanding, really, the feedback we've had. Um, so, first off, before I haven't seen you since, how was you feeling on the Saturday morning after our um, latest pod with uh, Rory and Remy? Oh, Oh, mm, yeah, rough. Yeah, I think um, we 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 attacked the briefcase of red stripe, didn't uh, we? Yeah, well, when I turned up with the the briefcase of red stripe, you know, we put a dent in it, do we? But uh, mm. 
you know, we moved on then and yeah, a few more, but yeah, the red stripe uh, the red stripe delivered in fairness. Mm. Rough next morning, I think it was up there with a the sort of angle where you just lay there. Yeah. For about four hours. You know, you wanna get up, you wanna get showered. It's not happening. It's not happening, no. Not happening at all. It was uh, I think, no, it, it, I think it, my life expectancy's come down again, to be honest with you. Yeah, especially doing this pod because I, I think it was funny because as we went on, we just kept waffling a lot more because we were getting a bit drunker. To be honest, I listened to it back and we were talking a lot of shit to start anyway. Mm, but uh, yeah, the true. more we went on, I think there was more toss in that uh, there was more toss in that podcast than the last wedding I went to, I think. And then, um, as, as you said, well, in, in the end, it was about over in 20 minutes, but I think when we were there, we could have easily gone on for yeah. another... At least another hour with the boys. They were brilliant. To be fair, uh, like to be honest with you, the two two guests we've had on so far, the two groups, you know, yeah. Dale and Dacian and uh, Remy and and Rory, they were absolutely brilliant. And um, it was it was brilliant to share their company for a few hours. Really talking yeah. about sport, reminiscing about a few things, looking at the future. Oh, really good. Really enjoyed it. To be fair, and that's, I think that's probably the most frustrating thing of the minute that. There's so much excitement and so much planning and around what's going to happen, but we don't know start date. Obviously, we're going we, this firebreaker or whatever is going to be is going to put a setback on it. So that's really frustrating because you get really excited about it, and then when you think about it, you, we could not be playing till 2021 at the earliest. So no, and that's a scary thing. I think I think you know over the last couple of months. Well, cricket's the only sport that's come through it. I guess yeah. the mainstream sport. Um, you know, you, you've got your golfs that are still going and. Stuff like that, but cricket seemed to be the one that sort of sorted themselves out. You know, I suppose it, it is an easier sport to sort out in terms of social distancing. I think in a you know in a normal game, you're not yeah. ever, you're not ever closer than two meters no. really to someone. But to be fair to cricket Wales, they you know they uh, they sorted out very quickly. I think the clubs took it on board, embraced the the regionalised group formats that you know meant that we could have some sort of season. Mm-hmm. I imagine the WIU and FAW would probably think they're the same, I guess, but yeah. I don't know, you know, so in the week there was a big thing around um, the WIU, obviously they did initially cancel junior yeah. rugby and senior rugby, didn't they, when yeah. FAW were um, allowed to go on and there was big fears then, that, you know, rugby clubs were going to lose their, the juniors, the football when it restarts, but I think there was a few big campaigns over Twitter from a lot of the, the rugby clubs in South Wales, you know, that, you know, the podcast we listen to on a regular yeah. basis, the Socialist and Pod, Mike Bubbins done... I saw, I saw him doing quite a lot on, on Twitter in terms of getting in touch with WIU. So, uh, not that he'd be listening for. Well, I'm Mike. Top well, I'm Mike. Fella. Toast to Mike Bubbins. Toast to Mike Bubbins. The heterosexual. It's not the heterosexual. I can only use the heterosexual. The retrosexual. Retrosexual. Sorry, Mike. Um, uh, I think, as you um, spoke about Cricket Wales, I honestly, in my humble opinion, I honestly think Cricket Wales are the only... Uh, sporting governing body who can come out with any credit out of this lockdown because WIU have given the, the uh, clubs no answers. Uh, FEW have been very shady. Um, I, I think Cricket Wales deserve a lot, a tap on the back because they went, they had the, the balls to go and say we're going to play. Um, and it was successful in my eyes. We, and people were getting out, people were playing and there was some good cricket. So, yeah, I think the FAW and WIU will need have a serious look at themselves after the lockdown. But again, it's my humble opinion. Yeah, listeners, always remember, anything we say in this pod is, is of course, our humble opinion. No more. Um, no, but I think, you, you know, you bang on. But I think what Cricket Wheel's probably done better than the FAW and WIU 
was the amount of communication the clubs had yeah, throughout it all. Even when there was nothing happening and frustration does grow when, you know, you do sort of sit on the side and you go, why can't we be playing? I get that. But I think throughout, especially June and July when, you know, questions were asked as to why we weren't playing, there was always regular correspondence with club, you know, clubs in South Wales. Yeah. And they did move quickly to get the measures in place and leagues in place to allow us to get games in. Um, obviously, it wasn't the same course, was it? But, you know, we got something in and going forward, I don't see any reason why cricket won't start on time next year. No. And the normal season, um, you know, will resume. But I do agree with you, Ford. It does look as if football and rugby are going to be waiting until at least 2021, 20, um, which is a shame because I think when we start this pod, we were still in that... Um, sort of area of uncertainty as to when they start meet. I think we all thought they'd probably be a bit back to normal by now, isn't we? And yeah, absolutely. I think the plan going forward was, you know, myself and Ford to get around some of the grounds in in South Wales during the winter and you know watch a few games and yeah. speak to a few clubs. Um, going back to your point about you know how much sport has sort of come across as a big passion in the town. You know, we've had a lot of emails in and messages about uh, clubs. Um, people want to come on and chat. And we'll go into this later on in the pod now, but we've got—I think we've got a good set of three or four yeah. uh, pods lined up over the next um, weeks, over the next couple yeah. of weeks there, which will hopefully take us up to around December, December time. time. And you know, we'll have a look at doing some sort of Christmas special somewhere if if it's allowed. And think read somewhere there might be a, a three-week lockdown starting soon to get things ready for Christmas. But you know, I think at the minute, I think everyone's. Everyone's frustrated, but you know safety is is number one at the minute. Yeah, if you haven't noticed, Josh does work in health and safety, so you know he's always going to go by the book, Mister Risk Assessment. Uh, what I will say, Ford, say to everyone, the biggest killer is ignorance. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Toast to ignorance. Ignorance, lovely. So you've touched on it. Um, what we've got lined up in the next couple of weeks, I think there's some. Um, we've had a good laugh. Uh, with uh, the first three, but we're going to start to delve into more topics um, such as women's sport in Patolbert. It's great to see women, Patolbert women, playing in the Welsh Premier and starting back, which is really positive to see. Um, there's a good appetite for sport, especially women's sport in uh, in the uh, town. Uh, we're going to have a look at disability sport, something a bit close to my heart, especially with Patolbert Panthers. Um, we got a very, very special guest on that one, and a lot of Patolba people know him. So stay tuned for that one. Uh, they, they actually, they were, they were featured in the uh, Welsh kit launch actually this week. Patolba Panthers. Oh, the uh, the shirts behind, the, yeah. behind Johnny Davis. Yeah. No, yeah. no, they were on there. There was footage of him on there from down oh, the stars. Yes, yeah, footage of him training because they got macaron kit. So we'll be delving into uh, disability sport, but I think. What we're going to discuss as well uh, in this pod, and we're going to discuss it when we go up and hopefully meet the guys from Travailing, is uh, mental health in sport. Um, especially now it's been highlighted because of lockdown. Uh, but there's a great organisation that's just started up uh, in Batol, but um, which we will delve into when we when we meet with them. And, and it's, it's been... Uh, it's been promoted by a couple of clubs but Travailing have a, spe- a little bit of a story behind it as well so we will be chatting to the Travailing boys and uh, they are the Mal Maradas uh, who will who are the organisation for the mental health so we'll be talking to them as well um, leading on to that end Josh 
mental health in sport. We put a Twitter poll out uh, to say what's one of the most imp- what is the most important thing for a professional athlete or amateur athlete uh, between physical ability, mental uh, mental health, or natural ability, and um, a, quite a clear winner. Uh, mental health. You've got to be right mentally to be a, a good sportsman. Would you agree with that? Oh, I think it's I think hundred percent. 100% right. I think you can have all the talent in the world, to be honest. You can be, you know, the most gifted, skillful player. But if you struggle upstairs, it, you know, it doesn't mean anything, really. I think if you have like, a professional game in the minute now, it, you know, you take Messi and Ronaldo out of course. They, you know, they got both. But you probably look at rugby and cricket a bit more. You know, I'm sure you'll use a, an example from rugby forward. I'll probably drag one from cricket. You know, you look at someone like Alistair Cook. Yeah, dreadful technique. Looks awful when he's batting. Yeah, and two shots. I think it was a cut shot and a pull, maybe a third flick off his hip. But I think in interviews since he's retired, uh, the one thing that's come through from his opponents, teammates, that I think he's been named as the most mentally strong England player ever. I think yeah. um, a lot of a lot of you know retired players like Usain and Atherton and you know uh, people like that have all said that he is he is the you know the, the most mentally strong player the, the country's ever produced. And then you look at his records. And if you looked at him on the naked eye, you'd probably say there's absolutely no way that that technique has got that many runs. Yeah. Leading runs scored in England history. I think he's in the top 10 of all time. I think it just goes to show how, how important it is. And, if, you know, I suppose if you talk to maybe some of our older listeners, some of the old heads, they'd probably say, oh, you know, you know, don't talk so much rubbish. You just went out there and played and it wasn't a thing, you know, yeah. really sort of thing. Which I think it falls into that mental health conversation. I think you know, trying to break the, you know break down those stigmas of not being able to talk about stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, even outside of sport. You know, um, checking in on your mates, or if you are struggling, literally just reaching out to someone. It could be the boys, could be your family. It literally could be someone you don't really know. If if you wanted to go that far, just be like, oh look, I'm struggling a bit. Can I just have a chat? It does go a long way. And I think over the last over the last couple of years, I think it's become more prominent and you know I think I think you have seen a lot more boys in particular I know you know mental health affects everyone but there's been more of a stigma on men mm. I think over the last couple of years I think I, I get you know I, I get more texts now just sit you know check in you know what's happening how's it going yeah. or I'll throw a text to a couple of boys who haven't seen them for a while just checking in I think it goes you know it definitely goes a long way but from someone who played you know a, the Premiership standard forward in Wales very good standard rugby how how high would you put uh, mental health on that scale of talent, mental health? Um, I'd say massively, especially um, the same as you. Uh, you've got, in the Premiership, it's quite funny because you've got some really young guys who are just starting out in their careers and you've got some really old heads who are, who are just finishing and there's two different aspects of mental, how, how you've got to mentally prepare for that. Um, the youngsters, some of them are academy players, they're trying to play for the Ospreys in the next year or Scarlets, Dragons, Blues. Um, and there's mental pressure to um, perform. Um, and if you um, if you're not right mentally, you you're gonna start to sink. Especially in the Premiership, when you've got some old heads who are experienced, they'll drag you down with, with them. Um, it is. It's it's a real uh, massive part, especially now when you look at academies um, and. Uh, how players deal with like exit interviews, they call them, um, when they get released, and you see so many players struggle afterwards um, with a mental capacity. And a real big phrase I I despise in coaches is someone saying they're mentally soft. Um, 
you've got to, like, I agree you'll call someone out and say, look, they, they haven't got the character, they're being, stay in a fight, they, they give up easily. But learn your players before you make the decision if they're mentally soft. Oh, uh, they could have a background that they, they struggle, they they mentally drain by the time they come and train at 8 o'clock in the morning. So the player-coach relationship becomes massive in the mental capacity for me. Um because there's a lot of things chucked about the players being mentally soft when you don't actually know the player. I think this comes on to, you know, obviously you do a lot of coaching forward, um, you know, up, 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 in, uh, up in Millfield now, doing that as a, you know, as a full-time job and stuff. I guess it comes back to, you know, I think we've talked about it before on, on, I can't remember which part it was, but around man management. Yeah. And as you said there, knowing your, you know, knowing your players. Um, I think one name that probably comes to mind from a professional game or, or two that, Sort of big advocates about the mental health side. I think um, James Haskell has been a big one to yeah. not shy away from mentioning that. Um, I can't remember what you know at what age he said he brought one in, but he said he worked with a psych, um, psychologist yeah. to, to sort his head out because, as you said, he was literally in training, drained, turned up on a Saturday, and he physically couldn't you know get to the heights he wanted to. But I think the other one, as you said, knowing your player um, and what background they're coming from, probably say Lewis Genge. Yeah. Ellis Genge. Ellis Genge. Lewis. Toast to Ellis Genge, actually. And his, uh, and his brother Lewis. Talk, and his brother Lewis, actually. <laughs> talk of Ellis. He's going out with um, Talbot Girl, Megan, who's also a very good netball player. They've just had a baby, so congratulations to them too and to the baby. To the baby. To the baby. But I think he done a pod. He might be on the House of Rugby. Yeah. Um, I think he opened up quite a lot on that pod. Um, and it was a really good listen, actually, really interesting. But I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think a lot of coaches are, you know, they judge players purely on the two hours they see them. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And um, they don't take into what might be going on at home or, you know, um, education wise. So, yeah, it's, it, but it is a massive thing, though, isn't it, mental health. Yeah, it, it is. And um, I think uh, you listen to Johnny Wilkinson, he done the high performance podcast the other week. And just to be so. Uh, fixated in your brain someone who's won a World Cup who's probably the best England outside after ever was but one of the, in my eyes my favourite player so in my eyes the best outside after has ever been but still not still not content with with your career and just when you're looking back and how he struggled that uh, even said the, the uh, joy of winning the World Cup lasted five seconds and he was thinking about the next thing it's got to be so tough as a professional player, to be you, you're looking for the next thing. You're looking for the next success, and you can't really live in the moment. And I don't know how many. It'd it, be good to research in a couple of years how much it takes off your life, how much life expectancy because of the so much work, not physically but mentally, how much you go through and your body goes through. And you, at the end, you, I know obviously you can see your body is broken because of the physical aspects, but how much you're broken mentally and. Well, Johnny Wilkinson, I've heard him say that sometimes he looks back and he didn't enjoy his career. And geez, what are we go, where are we going to go if uh, <laughs> if Johnny Wilkinson couldn't enjoy his career? So I think it is it can become huge, um, not just in professional sport, in amateur sport as well. Um, there's so much pressure these days on even the Batalbot League, like we touched on with Remy Rory. It's gone from being a pub league to actual clubs and the pressure. Yeah. Even though you're enjoying who you're mates, there's still the high pressure to win. I think on the point made with Johnny Wilkinson, I think the other 
notable professional, I think, that's brought this up as well, was, I think, in Sam Walton's book. Yeah. Um, where he, he literally says he hated his career, didn't enjoy a minute mm. of anything, he, he, you know, he said. And, you know, this is from a bloke who's captain Grand Slams, captain, you know, British and Irish Lions, yeah. tours, wins in, um, you know, wins in Australia and a drawn series in New Zealand. Um, and, you know, you're reading his book and thinking, if, well, if you haven't enjoyed a professional rugby career, who can sort of thing. Yeah. But I think he, he dived into the... Um, it was hard to savour those good moments because your body was falling apart, and because your body was falling apart, you, you know, physically you were you were affected as well. He was just interested to see, and you know, he mentioned that he retired early, purely because he, um, I think he said he's on the trampoline with his daughter and he couldn't get up. Yeah, and he couldn't play with his daughter, and he he said he knocked on the head there and then. Was he, you know, he wanted to see her grow up, and you know, that's one side of professional game. Definitely with the local games, you know, obviously on this pod we want to focus on local sport and. I think with the mental health side of it, I, I don't think it just is on the pitch. You know, with amateur sport and the Talbot League, it's not a pub league anymore. You know, there are clubs that are run properly. The rugby clubs around you, it's not just what happens on the pitch. You're worrying about the overheads in the bar, the outgoings yeah. in terms of keeping the um, the club going. Um, you know, volunteers in the club. You know, I think most clubs around you rely on a group of volunteers, yeah. unpaid people that do a lot of the hard work that no one sees. Um, you know, which I think we, in fairness, in our presentations, we do always try to thank as many as yeah. as we can. They do do all the hard graft for us to be able to actually get out there and play and represent the Talbot on a weekly basis. But I think that's I think that's where it goes deeper in local sport. You're not just thinking of the playing side of it. There's so much more to come with it, and you just have the you know the life factors, people's yeah. jobs, mortgages, families. Um, I probably see local sport as more of an out. Yeah, than, yeah, for people than the, the professional game. I think it's a release. I think when you're on a rugby pitch or a football pitch, cricket pitch, golf course, tennis court, whatever, I think it probably gives you a couple of hours where you don't have to think about shit that's going on. If you know yeah, what I mean. absolutely. Um, so this is you know, and, and this is another massive, massive reason why getting sport up and running in some sort of capacity in South Wales and you know, across the whole country really. That's why it's so important. It needs to happen, and I do think the Welsh government and not taking as seriously as they should. I mean, they're in a dreadful position. I get that, which, you know, whatever they do, it's going to be wrong. I get yeah, that. Yeah, But I think in a time where it's all doom and gloom, a simple thing about letting boys play football or letting lads train or get out a few hours, measurements in place, of course, it make a, you know, it's got to make a world of difference. I think Remy uh, reposted a petition online. Yeah. I think to get uh, sport going so... Um, we will retweet that. I think we might have already done it, but if we haven't, we'll uh, we'll retweet it again. Let's get it signed. Let's get you know. Let's try to push some sort of campaign to get to get sport going again. Yeah, just to uh, wrap up this, part, it's going to be a short podcast, obviously, because you don't hear us to just waffle on for an hour. Um, Josh, you've played at a, a high level of cricket. You were involved in Glamorgan Academy. Um, you've played Welsh Premier for the last ten years. You played Division One. Uh, have you got any uh, examples of you having to deal with mentally and how you come back from it or how you how you just be- beat the challenge of men- and the mental side of sport? Oh, I think, well, sorry, not just cricket, and you'll probably agree with me for it, I think when you're a kid and playing sport, I don't think mental health comes into it at all. No. I've got to be honest. I think up until probably the age of... When you start becoming an adult, I reckon, but when you get to 16, 17, maybe it creeps in. But up until then, when you're a kid, and that's why I wish you could just have that mentality, 
throughout. And that's why I think some of the best players you play with have that mentality. Yeah. Um, of I don't care who's against, don't care who it is, don't really care how it goes. I'm here and playing, I'm just going to enjoy myself. And, you know, and that's when they get the best performances. I think when I started to think about mental health, it was probably... When I was 17, as you said, I was sort of on the Glamorgan Academy. I was doing all right. I played in a few second team games. And, when in, and then over the winter, I think I grew something like half a foot or something. And it, in cricket, it, it is quite, that's quite a, a big difference. I think I remember coming back for winter training and fitness. You know, a few of the coaches were like, fucking hell, you've stretched a bit. Like, at the time, just thought, oh, brilliant, I'm taller, you know, taller, bigger, strong, whatever. Um, it had a real effect on my bowling action. I, you know, I, I think you know what it's called in, in sport is the yips. Like a lot of um, golfers get the yips, yeah. darts players. It, it does affect cricket. I think the the last one I remember seeing it publicly was Kerrigan. Oh yeah, uh, on the Kerrigan. Ashes, the Ashes game. The Ashes. He played I think the last test of the Oval, and um, he he fell to pieces. Yeah. In, in fairness, and I think he had a brilliant season up to then, but obviously that pressure of playing Test cricket at the Oval. I think something happened in, in the midweek about uh, Shane Watson played him in a tour game and he said he smacked him everywhere. Yeah. So he didn't do exactly the same in the Oval. And, and those things happened. But yeah, I, those 17, I spent the whole winter basically on my own in a net off one step trying to build an action backwards. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, it never really got back to, like, to where it was. Um, but the mental challenge of that was sort of, I could literally do this four months ago and I can't do it now. Yeah. And then you start fighting with your body then in terms of why can't it just do what it you does sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I think it probably took, well, it's, it's, it's still there now. You know, like all the boys I've played with, you'll agree. I'll go from bowling like nine overs, lovely. Yeah. The 10th one, you know, I could hit the keeper on a full. Yeah. Or, uh, like maybe, like or, you did this year. Like underneath. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but it, it's, it's one of those things. Unless, I think unless you have it or you have a, like an experience with it, you don't really understand it. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, to be honest, it's a constant battle playing the bowling now. I think yeah. before you bowl, it's in your head and you could say that's that's a mental flaw, I guess, if, if you're going there. But it's something that sticks with you. But then I think the mental battle you have is overcoming it for that short space of time. It's as if you suppress it for like an hour. Yeah. Try to suppress it for an hour. And then once you're done, like you just let it, like you know, come back. But um, yeah, so that led to me getting getting released and stuff. I gotta be honest with you, in that side, I didn't I didn't take it that badly at all. To be honest, I think I, it was the same with football. Really, you know, I had a few trials with some decent clubs and stuff. Didn't get taken on, but I think at that point, I don't think my head was completely in. Yeah, I want to be a pro. Like, um, and looking back, and you know, there'd be youngsters watching you. I think. And you know, if you're serious about being professional, you're serious about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, everyone says they wish they could have um, the best of both worlds in terms of, oh, I'll train hard, but I'll see my mates and stuff. Looking back, I think the only ones that make it at an elite level are those that make a decision at around 15. Yeah. And go, I'm not going to go down the road of going out with my mates getting hammered and playing on a Saturday. They have a proper crack at it. Um, I think you have a bit of arrogance to make it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um but again, it comes to that mindset. That comes into it? the mental. It, it's a side mental of... mindset. I think your mindset. You're either strong enough to say, "I'm going to sacrifice a lot to make it," and the ones who make it do, and the ones who fall away, and you'd probably agree with me, are always the most talented. Yeah. Nine nine times out of ten, it'll be the most talented ones that fall away because yeah. they haven't got the head, and the one they'll make it the furthest will be the one nobody really expected. expected. Yeah. Maybe someone who's a good player, 
quite innocuous, but work ethic, ridiculous, and yeah, and you reap the rewards then. But yeah, so I'll, I'll flip it on to you in terms of the mental health part with you know playing rugby and stuff like that. What, like, what was the biggest part for you? Um, it was for me, the, one of the perfect examples for me, and I think uh, when I mention the game, people have a little bit of a race ride. We were playing. Swans who were playing pretend. It was the first year um, BBC had lost the rights to Pro 14. So he said, we're going to... Friday night, Scrum 5, we're going to have Premiership games on. So f- one of the first games was Swans in pretend. So we hadn't won. There was pressure on us last year. We had the bottom four going down. We finished bottom year before. The pressure was on. We had to win these games to, to stay up. And it was like third game of the season. But we, we, they, we these must wins. We're 23 19 up, two minutes to go, three minutes to go. Um, I go for an interception dropper, classic. Uh, we all saw it, Ford. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then pff, about 30 seconds later, I try and uh, just kick a ball through to put into touch to kill the game off a little bit. I get charged down and again, 12 22, and, and they end up winning the game, last play of the game on TV. Um, I was. Mentally broken after that. Um, you know, I was just laying in bed until about five o'clock in the morning, just thinking if you could go back and relive it and do it again, you just keep the ball for another minute and a half and then you kick it out to touch and we win the game. Um, that was really tough. It was tough um, to get over. Um, played for the next six weeks. It was still in my back of my mind if I make a mistake, we're going to capitulate or we're going to damage. Um, by Will, on the flip side, the best thing to happen during that time was my mates taking a piss out of me, because... I'm with us four, that's always guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely, there's no sympathy, <laughs> no sympathy in our friendship group, so... Tough, toughest place to grow up. <laughs> I remember I remember going to watch, uh, as the stars were playing the next day, uh, they were home, so I was like, look, I don't want to go out, but I'll go down for an hour. So I stood there, and you had to, like, all, a couple, couple of people who, like, didn't want to say, like... Brilliant, yes, a really good game, really enjoyed. Like, ah, thanks, yeah. And then we get the one in ten, we'd go, talk us through our last two minutes. <laughs> and then we just go, yeah. And then, but then that just made it, I had a few pints and I was much better after it. Like, obviously, the 80 minutes in the games for the next couple were the were a big challenge, but just people just going, talk us about uh, two minutes at the end. Like, it said, it's all well and good, play well for 76, but if we fuck it up in the last four minutes, uh, people remember that. But I'll say that's one thing for your mates, um, especially our mates, I'll give them a lot of praise. They, they're very good at, if if you need a, a chat, they'll have a chat, but they they know what ways to cheer up and that's take the absolute piss out of you until you think, right, I'm going home. But, it's the best thing to do. I think the uh, I think the best side of that as well is is we know it's like for they'll do it when a nightmare happens. But even if you play well, yeah, you'll, you're still you'll be brought straight back <laughs> yes, into it. Absolutely, so so, it, it works both ways on the old mental. So, yeah, it, so I could it, it pulls up when you down, it drags yeah. you back down, you get too high. Yourself. I could I could have won that game and be mad of match, and I still would have been shit. But you know, yeah, it's it, that's the, the thing. You know, if. I think that's the importance of mates, and I think Batal was quite a strong community in that. That your mates will always, they'll take the piss, but they'll always support you in in the tough times, which is really good. I um, think I think with the mental health side in sport, it's I think it's very hard for people who don't play sport to understand. Yeah. So, as much as we play local sport now, 
you know, albeit very good leagues, but at the end of the day, they're still, you know, I'm at the sport. You do take it hard when you lose, and he does play the yeah. for all weekend. If, if you lose on a Saturday, it ruins weekend. Sunday, miserable. Saturday, a Monday morning, usually miserable, and then it gets a little bit easier. And you always get a question, don't you? Oh, it's only a game. Like, yeah. what are you in the mood for? Blah, 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 blah. I think unless you've played unless you've played sport, I don't think you get that side of it. In terms of you sort of work towards a goal and it doesn't go your way, which it doesn't go a lot of the time. Yeah. But when it doesn't go your way after so much effort in, it does break you a bit and it, you know, it's as if you've got to start again. So you, you get to a point where you think you're about to achieve something, get knocked down, you're like I'm back to square one. But on the flip side of it, that's what makes winning yeah, so much better. Absolutely. I think we spoke about it with Remy and uh, and Rory around. You know, they were saying beating teams ten 0 don't get much from that. No, I think it's the games where you dig deep mentally, one all or one 0 down five yeah. minutes ago, you score two equalizers or whatever, whatever that may be. And I think that that's what comes through, and, and that's why that's why we play sport the other day. Yeah, we don't play sport for the easy wins. We play sport for the feeling of working hard, getting across the line, grinding out. And then there's, you know, the euphoria at the end of it, isn't it? Yeah. Like, like that's what you play for. But on the flip side, you have that high, you start again. Then. Yeah. But I think unless you play the sport and think you really don't understand it, I think it's hard for people to get their head round it. Yeah. No, I agree. And uh, one way to deal with it, I, I had to try and think of something coaching, playing-wise, especially for the two clubs, the Stars and the Quins, who I absolutely adore. Winning was a lot. Um, so when we lost, it used to be an absolute nightmare. But one thing, I'd call it the golden hour, so I'd give myself an hour to think about it, and then as soon as I go in the club, and it's straight beer and just chill until the Sunday. And it, but it is massive because it means so much to you, and that's the tight-knit community again of it always means so much to you win. I know, like, if, for example, if a, if a Stars or a Quinns or a Fagland or anyone gets through to a cup competition or a Lido or a gift. If they lose, you are gutted as a town. I think you are, you put all allegiances aside, you are gutted as a town. Um, but I really think that's something Talbot has to offer. And, and what I have noticed since I've been away, even though it's been, I've only been away for six weeks, the bloody proud of Talbot. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. I think I, the stuff I, we've seen forward, isn't it? About yeah. um, some of the initiatives people have been getting on with on on Twitter and I probably agree with you I think before we started this podcast and started the social media um, platforms and followed everyone all the clubs around here are doing so much work a lot more yeah. work than I thought was happening um, you know as far as start petitions to get football um, going um, there was stuff for I think Bagland and the, the kids football yeah. they were promoting um, Avon Lido the top ladies promoting yeah. the competition around getting funding for a new 3G yeah um, travailing doing loads of good work with Mind yeah you know there's many more probably miss people out there but I think every day when we log on to those Twitter there's something new coming out with these clubs and you sort of thinking back I mean you know fucking hell there's a lot of hard working people in this town who want the best for sport yeah um, and it's brilliant to see I mean the real shame here is 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 we've got something like Corwin that's putting a stop to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I, the last couple of weeks, I've been thinking if if this wasn't you and it was going on as normal, I, I'd be thinking you know we'd be spoiled for choice week in week out of what you know like what to cover. Yeah, because there's so much going on. The only positive side, I guess, from doing this podcast in this is we're sort of hand picking topics in a minute because yeah. we can. I think if if all the sport was going on, I think we'd have a choice of ten a week. Yeah. to do um, we'd probably 
probably piss a lot of people off then, yeah. not, not getting uh, the recognition they deserve. But, you know, like last week, you know, like Margaret Stagg setting up. Yeah. Like, with the, the St. Joe's old boys all over there. The, you know, the cricket clubs here all summer have been absolutely fantastic and getting yeah. kids and adults and anyone involved in games. The rugby are working hard to get stuff going. You see it all the time. Everyone's still training. And, you know, I think we all agree, everyone agrees with all about the quicker we can get back to some sort of normality of sport and normal life. But if we can get games back on, it'd be such a big step, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, Josh, it's been a good chat, actually. We'll finish off on uh, Sporting Memory of the Week. We haven't had one of these for a while, so... Yeah, I'll admit on my t- we'll stick to the terms of uh, digging out for victory and that and one will come my sport memory will come from a game last season uh, January just gone Porth call away with the Quins uh, we didn't play our best um, it was probably one of the biggest crowds I've played in in front of it was a big huge crowd we had a backs against a the wall there was a bit of a scrap on a touchline and old Callum Bino was in the middle of it not shot not, not, like, not like Callum very um, uncharacteristic of Callum. I, I agree. Um, and then we, we won the game 39. Uh, we, we had a penalty try, and I think that was the biggest roar we've, I think, the Quins have had for a while. Um, it was outstanding. But classic, again, good old charge down Cooksley. <laughs> we, we scored the try to go 39 up, got the ball back. They got a ruck. I've got a kick to clear it, got charged out. We, we ended up to scramble back, and they had a scrum five metres out, but we defended for about. 10 minutes to hold out and win 39. So that's my sporting memory of the week. Josh? I think if we're sticking on the topic, I am prepared one, but now you give me a topic, one does come to mind if, uh, if we talk about mental health and dig it in. Um, you'll know as well, very famous story down, you know, down our club Ford. Um, Ponte de Lice away. Yeah, oh, yes. Um, I can't remember what year this was. It, might, it was about 2008, nine, maybe? Yeah. That early. You were about 10 stone lighter as well, I was about 10 stone lighter. I was mm. majestic. I was like... Flowing locks. Flowing locks, majestic. Sort of like, you know, like a stallion, a wild stallion, mm, like, a wild horse. Is it like on Shrek 2 and Donkey gets turned yes, into a stallion? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. My yeah, life. I thought that. My life is was in reverse. Yeah. So now I am the donkey now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so imagine a wild horse. But yeah, majestic, fantastic. Um, no, bond away, and we've spoken this on, on the pod before, local games always get the biggest crowd, especially down west. Bond is no different. It's, uh, I think it's been called the Galatasaray. <laughs> Welcome to hell banners yeah. across the balcony. But I think, um, no, I can't remember exactly what we scored. It, it, it was, it was be money or something. Um, we were going for the win. They were nine down. Coming into the last over, um, I was bowling. Obviously, last ball of the last ball of the innings, one wicket to win. I've hit him on the pad. We've all gone up. Bear in mind, it probably wasn't hitting another set of stumps. <laughs> in all fairness, but we went up uh, and by didn't move. So my young pucky self went up for another appeal. Everyone joined, and uh, the umpire took a massive step to his right. Came back, pulled the trigger, and he's gone. Uh, we won the game, but uh, I think that's where the old team dug in, to be fair, and grinded away. There's been loads over the years playing cricket with Talbot. I probably put ourselves in those positions accidentally. Yeah, one of my memories, I say Fargan's away when we got bowled out for 120. Um, I'm having two memories here. Uh, 120, 
got bowled out first year in the Premier League. Uh, for some, they were like seventy five for one. Um, we had tea, and then we come out and bowled them out for like hundred and fifteen. At the end, the boys dug in. I know you took a couple of wickets. That's why I brought that up. Still, Phelps took a couple of wickets, and it was just pre yips. Pre yips, yeah, pre yips, and. Um, I mean, just stuff like that, and they are the greatest wins, then, because you go and enjoy a beer, and you really you grind out. I know the Puff called; it was a good day for us as well. We we smashed the free beer. Less, less. Oh, well, I didn't. I'm a bit of a shit drinker, but the boys smashed we'll find the out beer this afternoon. Though. Yeah, it's keen. So, Josh, it's twenty five past two. We we yeah, better get to the club, otherwise we're not going to be allowed <laughs> in. It's going to be maximum. So, COVID, um, mate, uh, COVID precautions. Yeah, I think uh, no. To finish for me, I think. On review, this was obviously a very fun idea we came up with just to get us through lockdown. I think the first three went really well. We went decent feedback. Um, we've got some really exciting guests coming up, really good topics to talk about. So if you're still listening, stick with us. It, it will yeah. be better than talking about my drum on Love Island and <laughs> <laughs> and phone party with kids. So... <laughs> So, so stick with us, it will get better. But I think, <laughs> what I'd like to delve into, I think we've covered a lot of mainstream sport over the last three pods. And the next lot of pods are quite mainstream as well. Um, so this is more of a call out to anyone that's involved in sports like um, you know, the Harriers or racket sports, golf, any any sport at all about. It can be, you know, I'd say 21st century, lockdown e-sports. I think yeah. there's a there's e-sports set up. Anyone wants to come on and have a chat about anything at all, please get in touch on on Instagram, Twitter, or, or our email address. Um, we look forward to getting anyone. Yeah, cheers. Um, obviously, we solve the pod. Um, if you want to get hold of us, uh, our Twitter is at pttspod, and our Instagram is at pttspod, or our email is pttspod at gmail.com. Um, you've been listening to me and Josh uh, waffle on for the last 45 minutes so have a great weekend and if you can't be good don't be bad baby toast right. Josh right forward let's get down the club let's fella. get down the club cheers fella. cheers fella <laughs>